show it's one of the greatest shows in utah a lot of people don't know this but utah is pretty fucking legendary and one of the cool things that happens when you live in utah is you meet other great people and today was an odd day for provo kid because i met uh two interesting people uh the first one was this so i'm for hey i am a keen driver i'm one of the keenest drivers you've ever seen and so I'm driving, and I see what I thought was, you know, an elderly person uh, on their hands and knees, and maybe their spouse or a caretaker or somebody was kind of with them. And um, I was like, what the heck? Is he having a heart attack? Why is he on the ground? It It didn't look good at all. So... I I wheeled around. As they say in my neck of the woods, the spirit talked to me. So um, the spirit's talking to me strong, and it says, pull over, go go check on this situation. And I'm thinking, I got to pick this guy up, put him in my car, drive him to the hospital. He's about to die. It's a heart attack, most obviously. I said, I get out of the car, I park right, I turn around, I park. Uh, the woman that was with him sees me. And she kind of like, hey, raised me down. I'm like, hey, how's it going? She said, uh, we could use your help. I was like, yeah, I saw that coming. Um, but how, how how can I help you? That's what I said. And they, the, the gentleman on his hands and knees, the older gentleman, he says, uh, you can just help pick me up. <laughs> so I was like, all right, no problem. You just tell me how you want to be picked up. And um, basically, I just... Uh, assisted the the gentleman to his uh, standing feet, and you know it was a nice little experience um, to do that. And I I shared a little conversation with him, and he told me after, "You saved my life," and you know what? I fucking believed him. <laughs> 
Okay? Now, if, if you don't, there's not a lot of things that can really tick up your day as fast as that. But believe me, you, when someone tells you that you saved their life, it's life-changing. And so after that, I felt like, oh, where do you go after that? Obviously, Home Depot. And I went to Home Depot, and it was uneventful. Uh, sometimes you go and you feel inspired to maybe procure some things for landscaping. But then at the end of the day, I, did, I just got a bottle of water. You know, I'm, uh, I'm one of the – I'm at the stage of my life uh, – Honestly, I never understood it when I was young, but yeah, I go to Home Depot and I walk around. I think about things that could be done around the house that I didn't write down, and I just imagine doing stuff like that. But after that, I uh, I took my family to the mall. Obviously, you got to take the family to the mall on a little outing. And I met another unique individual. Now, this individual is someone who doesn't have any social media presence at all. And I was shocked. You know, I was like, no way. Uh, I met them and they said they're an artist. So first of all, I met this artist and um, I met and they're, they're amazing. And I, I'm talking to them and I'm like, oh, well, of course, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to support you. Like, yo, what's the deal? Uh, how can I assist in your uh, artistry? <laughs> and uh, not to name drop them. Um, but I will, he's known as, no, I won't even name drop him, but it was just so cool to meet him and to talk to him and, uh, just to hear his story. And it's fascinating to the, oh shit, my phone's on loud. That's so fucking annoying in a podcast. Um, so, uh, I'm talking to this gentleman and he's, he's telling me a few of the companies or or the people he's worked for i'm just astonished that uh utah has some local legends some real artists at work and one of the fast most fascinating things about this individual was um the way he's advertised is by having no advertisement in in other words he's and this is true because you can't find him on social media believe me i tried after and he does art for companies or like it's it's uh it's astonishing and they just tell other companies about him um and it's so weird when you think about how how are you, how is someone successful you would never think right as an artist like oh you know the way i do it is by not having any internet presence you're like what the fuck he's so fucking talented that um he just People just talk about him. And it made me really rethink everything. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Fuck, dude. Holy fuck. What the fuck am I doing? I. <laughs> this guy's got no social media presence. And somehow, all. Like, everybody's talking about him as an artist. And it's like, well. He's obviously got an email and he's communicating through emails. But other than that, ah, astonishing. And it was just cool to meet this person. And um, are you, <laughs> uh, it was cool to meet this person. Are you a religious man? So religion and so if you don't know, this is Welcome to the Provo Kid Podcast. We got someone watching live. 
they uh, they asked the question, "Are you a religious man?" And that's a great question. And uh, I guess you know you could break that down into: uh, Are you spiritual? Are you religious? Do I attend religion? Uh, you know what I mean? It's you know, am I religious? Sure. Am I spiritual? Sure. Like whatever I am, I mean, it doesn't really. I don't know. You know what I mean? It doesn't really matter. And it, I can be anything that I want. So I can be religious today and uh, not religious tomorrow, depending on how I feel. So um, anyways, I'm, I'm, in, I'm interacting. Oh, and if you want to talk on the podcast live, you're more than welcome to uh, for the time being. Yeah. And then welcome back to uh, the show, by the way, if you are watching live. And, um, if also forgot to address this, the last podcast, uh, thank you to, uh, a few of the listeners of mine who pointed out, uh, that at the end of the podcast, the audio quality completely failed. And I really appreciate you letting me know. I had no clue. And the funny thing is, I think I'd listened to initial parts of the podcast, like just to, uh, check the quality Uh, I just like the, just, I usually (laughs) just make, I listen to the first song and just to make sure that all goes well. Um, So I apologize for that last episode where the audio quality at the end deteriorated pretty quickly. So that sucked. Um, I don't really remember what I was talking about. uh, And I wonder if you can, if the audio issue is uh, the same on YouTube. I'll have to check that out. Um, either way, what else was I going to talk about? Oh, (laughs) somebody died of monkeypox in Ohio. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? Um, and here's my question with some, where like, they're like, oh, they died. So he, so did, is this one of those situations where like a language game, like we're with, with COVID, they said, they died of COVID or they died with COVID. Did this person just die and also have monkeypox? You know what I'm saying? How did this death occur? Was it a death where, you know, I guess that's simple enough. How did they die? Uh, was it monkeypox at the end of the day that just took this person out? I really would like to know more. I'm not going to read the article, obviously. That would uh, take way too much work. And I would I don't expect any uh, resent like any sort of truth to come out of reading it. Uh, it's from CNN, which doesn't really matter. So uh, what else happened? Oh, there's the whole Ukraine debacle, and there's the it's true, man. There's people who really want World War Three. They uh, they really believe that you know. Ukraine is worth fighting for. They're some of the most deluded people in the world. And I think like on a first, if you entertain the thought of war on any level or the support of it for any concept, I think you should be one of the people who, you know, maybe volunteer and fight. Maybe if you're not able to, I think it should be like Hunger Games. Maybe we could find somebody to take your place. I think that's the only way war works because you can't really just, you know, say we should support a war and then when they come to collect bodies to fight you're like well I don't want to do it and then maybe they take your kid and you're like well that wasn't what I wanted well that's what's going to happen in America 
if things just escalate eventually and all these psychos just keep getting war. But that's fascinating where people don't even I, – I, anybody who really cheers on war on any level, it's just kind of weird. Like, is there a good point for war? I don't know. You know what I mean? I think uh, – here's a good point. If you live in Ukraine – I think fighting in that war on an individual level makes a per- as a personal choice. You know what? Maybe it makes sense. But as an American to support it all the way over here and to even maybe encourage any any other American to go die for that cause is just crazy. It's absolutely insane. And there was also a hurricane in Florida, which nobody really cares about. Um, and I, I think hurricanes, it's been a while since there's been a really devastating one. But I, I don't know how devastating this most recent hurricane was in Florida. It doesn't seem... I haven't seen any videos. You know, nobody's like, death told this, death told that. The only thing I saw... You know how unimportant the, the hurricane was? One of the advices... Um, one of the pieces of advice, excuse me, that the, the press of the government gave, or I don't know who it was, might have been the president... Might have been the press secretary. They said, uh, "Get like uh, if one way to prepare for the hurricane is to get a COVID vaccine. Like, as if there's COVID in the rain or COVID. I don't. You know what I mean? I don't know what people think. Um, but they're absolutely crazy. Instead of like, what would be good advice if if I was the president or a person in power? What would I re- probably say instead? I'd say maybe evacuate the area if you feel the need to." I would say, or if you have the ability to, some people don't. And then I would also say, if you can, maybe get a generator, get some local supplies, uh, take care of yourself, and uh, do what you can, and follow local guidance. I don't know, but I wouldn't be telling people to head to their local CVS before the hurricane hits and ask for a COVID-19 vaccine. It's one of the craziest things. And now my uh, content's for sure going to get flagged, but... Uh, and speaking of that, that's so frustrating. Uh, you're always, it's a, it's a weird behavior modification thing that YouTube does where I received a strike recently on my channel. So it, what that does, um, if you can imagine, uh, behavior modification on YouTube and how that relates to a creator. So what they did to me is they gave me a strike and they took away my ability to basically use YouTube as a creator to even like curate a playlist or to post, to do anything. So, um, they, they, what they did was they, they impacted my, behavior and my ability to do things to some extent and I know why they did that it's because of what I said and what I said was what I was thinking which apparently is a crime uh to do on YouTube or it's not it's not well advised um so the point I'm drawing towards is that when even now as I create I'm reflecting on the uh, actual choice of language I might use or the behavior I might engage in, the way I might talk in relation to the fact that, oh, if I continue to communicate in some of the same patterns I had previously, um, 
I will get a strike on my YouTube channel, a second strike, blah, 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 blah. And it's interesting when <laughs> I put in the appeal and it got back at like 3.30 in the morning. I'm like, who the fuck computer? Because you got to even feel bad for some of these computers that are going through all these appeals. And they're just like, it's 3.30 in the morning. This fucking algorithm never sleeps, right? It's just going through my appeal. And maybe it really does watch the whole video again and reads my appeal. And this algorithm at 3.30, whatever time in the morning is just, oh, sorry. You get the ban. Um, it was shocking. So, either way, not a big deal. Not a big deal. Uh, but it is... It, it is interesting to think that the way I approach things now is that in order to say what I want to say, you just have to uh, have do the same thing the government does, which is double speak, which I fucking loathe. But uh, it is a weird, it's it's a weird choice where language evolves, and it's really actually difficult to censor things on a basic level uh, for anything because. Uh, you could just modify the language in the description of things. And there was a recent article. I had it on my phone. Um, there was a re- recent article that was addressing, um, you know, the last two years. See, that's a double speak, which is code for what? And code means AKA, but pandemic, right? I'll just say that. So the last two years, the pandemic. Um, Jesus Christ, what the fuck was I just going to say? I forgot. It was a long train of thought, and now I've lost it. Um, either way, I was talking about doublespeak and just the evolution of language and how now that I've been impacted by YouTube with a, a strike, I'm just going to have to talk differently. I'm still going to say what I want. It just might take me twice as long to say it, uh, which fucking sucks. I hate, I hate, you know what I mean? I think clarity and brevity are preferred as far as when you're speaking. And when you have to take twice as long to say something, it's fucking annoying. And that's how academia is in every sense of the, every, and, and everything in academia, they took one word and then they just multiply it, multiply it. So, uh, retard, right? Uh, meant you know some retardation of development now it's like intellectual disabilities or like there's four or five words right where one was enough um (laughs) it's on some level right and there were different variations of things and i think it's interesting where even i think in the future just the fact that i use that word i think maybe in five years they'll go back and strike they're like, oh, we're st- the algorithm becomes so progressive and limits the use of language so much that uh, people are just going to be talking in soup language because if you talk in any certain real linear pattern that, stri- that strikes a point, the algorithm is going to ding you and remove you. So I think one thing that a lot of people don't understand is the evolution of our language and our nomenclature, I think you would say, is absolutely being behaviorally modified by the algorithms 
that are in place throughout the internet in all phases and forms. You know what I mean? So I think whether it's on Instagram or Twitter or whatever, like there's these algorithms that are slowly but surely pruning the trees of our language and just allowing for a certain discourse. And um, I think people have always told like, uh, what's the fucking called? There's a term for it. And I, the term escapes me at the moment, but uh, it's just like the Overton window or some bullshit like that. Uh, just the allowed area of discussion. So, what was I going to talk about? The Nord Pipeline. There was the rumor that, uh, you know, I really don't know anything about this topic because I don't give a fuck. Because I think people should be like the your concern as an Amer if you're an American, you really shouldn't care about anything outside of our country. <laughs> I real this this belief of like a global com- community is so delusional, right? Where it's it's led to this fact that people believe that if our tax dollars should be like our community includes Israel, Ukraine, Afghanistan, Iraq, like these people get the, these communities get our taxpayer dollars. Like people are wondering why America is one charitable fucking country. Make no mistake about it, dude. If there is a Christ-like nation, it is America, this country, but only to certain groups. Let's be honest. America is not giving money out to everybody. It's kind of uh, interesting how selective they are. Uh, but I hate, I don't mind it. They're nice, dude. It's nice to live in a country that's so giving. And what a great example America is. But at the end of the day, I'm actually against that. I'm against, uh, I'm an isolationist, I guess, if you were to, uh, if someone was to boil it down. <laughs> He's an isolationist. I, I really just don't believe that anything outside of America is really of its concern. I think there are some obviously things that the things that are of concern are dealt with by businesses, right? And then um, as far as international concerns, I really think worrying about what Russia and Ukraine are doing just takes away from America improving America. You know what I mean? And I'm not trying to say and people know if you listen to the podcast, the issues I like to harp on, which is usually homelessness, uh, just basically that right now. I'm really just more as far as like I hate, you know, people can talk about immigration, but I don't want to hear anybody talk about immigration before they talk. Like at first it's like, all right, before we take anybody inside of our country, let's figure out what to do with all these people sleeping on our streets. And. In a weird way, I think there's going to be a reformation for institutionalization, which is, again, I'm against that as well. Uh, But you would like to see some of these people be, uh, in some sense, directed towards, I wouldn't say FEMA camps, but something like that. I'm totally for FEMA camps. There's this weird conspiracy contingent that's like, oh, FEMA camps are the end of the world. Look. I could give a fuck if FEMA camps are used for nefarious purposes or not, right? Like, you could use a FEMA camp for homeless people. So, whether they end up being... you, Hey, man, 
Let's use, let's be, create, people, <laughs> he's a shill. Oh, I could, I would, you know, people might really think that now. He's a fed dude. He believes in FEMA camps. I do believe in him for solving the natural disaster of homelessness that is wreaking uh, the American population. And I really believe that you could, because here's the thing. What was it during the Depression? They restructured America and just with a lot of labor jobs. So all over America, they're like, hey, pick up a shovel. Let's get to work. But now we don't need that as much. But I think we have a lot of people who like to help, like, uh, you know, like to sit down and emotionally support other people. Like all these people with gender, like study, like all these people who are talking about oppression. Let's go to, I would say, the most classified oppression group and divert a lot of resources to these homeless people and put them in FEMA camps. Um, I like as far as like and here's the other thing. If the government does end up using FEMA camps to bust people to in the event of them doing some draconian type laws of rounding up Americans, I wouldn't mind if they practice on homeless people first because it would clean up the streets, first of all. And while the homeless people were at these FEMA camps, excuse me, I could imagine that a lot of them would actually because you got to remember, they're not prisoners, uh, would maybe improve certain qualities of the life and maybe leave the FEMA camps and become something greater than themselves at that moment they're currently in right now. And you might also imagine there's probably several homeless families. So I'm for FEMA camps quite in any way right now, as far as their use is directed towards helping the homeless population, um, which I think is really important. Meanwhile, people, it's so funny, people who support Ukraine, when I hear anybody say that, I imagine a drone dropping a small, like, a, imagine, you know those little drones people fly at the park sometimes, like, look at this, <laughs> what's this guy doing, practicing for an event, or what's it? what the hell, right, like, uh, but either way, sometimes, or their camera, people, camera people stuff like that uh imagine this you support the war in ukraine now you support a guy sitting in a box imagine uh what are they called shipping containers so you this is what you support a guy sitting in a shipping container he's got one of the brand new uh microsoft xbox series s controller or series x whatever the fuck fucks it is and he's like, it's the grip's actually nice. The controller fits perfect in his hand. It's the first time this Ukrainian, in fact, has ever held or used anything that's Microsoft in his entire life. He's actually never played an Xbox. Um, he probably has some knockoff. Um, but either way, he's got this brand new Xbox controller in his hand and he's flying this drone. Okay, and the drone's flying. And this is what your tax paying, paying dollars are going towards. He's flying this drone. And then there's this other young man who's likely related to the guy in this shipping container in some weird way because it's Ukraine and Russia. It's basically the same place, well, however you like to think about it or not. Um, so this 
guy's sitting there. He's probably enjoying his lunch, cleaning his rifle, wondering how, like, this war's going pretty slow. Apparently, it's going to pick up when the ground freezes over and tanks can drive everywhere and they can do a complete enclosure of a city from all angles. But meanwhile, they just got soldiers out there practicing, earning their honors, earning their stripes, because it's a new war, right? You got a, you got a lot of fresh meat. And so as the war progresses in the later years, just imagine 10 years, 20 years, you're going to need some veterans. Uh, like There's got to be veterans. So a lot of people are earning their stripes right now in the trenches. And it's a fascinating thing to kind of imagine, but you're supporting this guy sitting in this container and he he sees this young Russian and he's looking down on a bird's eye view and the the young Ukrainian pulls the right trigger and you don't hear anything and you just see like a little like parachute to you would look maybe like a little parachute guy you would play with as a child just kind of slowly following down Uh, but it's not a parachute in fact it's a missile and then boom it lands right next to the guy and it just blows him up. That's Ukrainian freedom, right? It's murder. It's killing. It's it's absolutely abhorrent. And the funny thing is, the reason I describe it that way is without our resources putting that guy in a container box, right? The war's already over. Without our missiles, without our resources, you know what? The war's already over. People aren't dying anymore. Sure, you know, it's not a really, uh, how would you put it, a legitimate government, um, but whatever. I could give a fuck, right? This whole border issue is going to be replicated relatively soon with Taiwan. And then you're going to be looked at as an American. And it's like, well, we have Hawaii. (laughs) Are we going to give Hawaii back? You know what I mean? Like, or the reason I think America's used capitalism and dispersed its the diaspora is that the right word, or its people throughout the country is because nobody can really claim ownership over any one area, and ownership is usually divided up into parcels, which is private ownership, which is an interesting concept. Well, like in in China, you know, the government owns everything, but they do have some sense of capitalism, a little bit. Um. Man, what a, what an interesting thing in America. Uh, but still, you can be a capitalist in America and you still can't buy a lot of the land in Utah because it's owned by the federal government. So there's some things money can't buy, unfortunately. You can be the richest person in the world, but you can't get Zion National Park in your portfolio, right? Money can't buy that. And it's a weird thing when people think about that. And I like that concept. Uh, where there are some things our government has prohibited people from owning. And it's, a, you know, I'm all for that. But I there should be a limit, though. People should be allowed to own some things. And it is interesting where the government maybe has taken ownership of the most valuable parts of land. And we're like, fuck. Or maybe the most spiritual parts of the land. Like, man, I want to live on some spiritual ass shit. Uh, either way, welcome to the show, everybody, halfway through. 
halfway through. Interesting podcast. Um, not a lot going on for the most part, other than kind of the stories I shared earlier. Um, what else could I say about my day? Um, well, quite frankly, you know, man, I don't know. I think it might be a shorter podcast or is it, dude? Is it a shorter podcast? Is it not a shorter podcast? What kind of podcast is it? Is it, uh, what is it? Who knows, dude? It's uh, right now a struggling podcast. Oh, I do remember one of the things I was going to bring up and I forgot about earlier. Thank goodness. Because otherwise, nothing would matter. And the issue is this. They changed the definition of natural immunity. So I was reading the article and which you're like, whoa, you read the article, Provo Kid? Uh, (laughs) sometimes I do catch myself reading the first paragraph or two. Unfortunately, I get drawn into reading sometimes and they, what would it be called? They double speak, double spoke, uh, immunity or natural immunity. So it it was called self-induced resiliency or like it turned into three words. You're like, what the fuck did you just try to say? And you're you forget like, oh, these are some sneaky motherfuckers and language is so crazy, dude. It's it's astonishing to me how language works. And I, I don't really understand. It makes sense. People got profits for their pockets. They got to protect their pockets and their profits. <laughs> Uh, that's a lot of protecting, right? P, profit, a lot of P's, I mean. And I wonder why, ultimately, some people are more invested in protecting the profits than anything else. It's fascinating because they got shareholders. I think it's a collective thing where it's not one person's wealth they're attached to. It's like, it's everybody's wealth. They're attached to uh, the whole. It's not just my wealth. They probably think it's their. Uh, it's everybody's. It's like fuck. It's not everybody's. It's you and your friends that fit on your yacht. You fuck. Um, but it would be cool to have a yacht. Someone is supposed to have a yacht, I guess, right? Um, but even thinking about a yacht, sometimes I think it's kind of weird because it's a large vessel. So you think about that, right? It requires a captain. Okay, he's sleeping on your boat. <laughs> like I hope you know a good boat captain. And then there's got to be maybe a mechanic. Like who's this guy? Who do you pick as the billionaire to be the mechanic on your boat? Or two of them? Okay, now you got to have a cook, wait staff. And all of a sudden, you you realize, what the fuck? How many people are on this fucking boat living with me? And I always thought, like, think about that as a yacht. Like, what? How many people are on it? How? Where do they sleep? What are their quarters like? Do they just live in little c- coffins? 
I want to see the design of these yachts. I should look them up. Uh, these super yachts. But sometimes I just try to think about it. It's like, well, or do they maybe only go out for a day? And so they only have maybe like a cocktail waiter or waitress on the yacht for five hours. Then they kick the bitch or bastard off. And they even have a few cabins. Yeah, but even then, it's like as a billionaire, you're sleeping there. And like, do you trust that mechanic? Auto and you're like, fuck, is Auto the mechanic going to murder me in my sleep and try to empty my safe, which is empty? Because I don't keep money on a boat. That would be stupid. Imagine anybody keeping like the entirety of their wealth on a boat. Oh, man, what do they want? A good story? And then it sank. Like, what? All that money and the water? No way, uncle. Yeah, we'll never find it again. And uh, here's a map. That'd be one of the cool. If I was a billionaire, if oh, if I was Elon Musk, I have ten kids. Okay, if I I'm Elon Musk right now. Elon Musk, call me. This is what you need to do. Okay. Someone clip this. Hey, one of my five followers clipped. Clip this segment and uh, send it to Elon Musk. Elon Musk, take $1 billion, okay? Get a boat, a wood boat, okay? Fill it with treasure. Sink it or kind of hide it off the coast of Oregon. Buy a lot of property, in fact, with that billion. With the money you have left over from building this cool-ass boat. And then kind of like create a cave and put this boat in there and then close the cave and when your 10 kids get old enough put buy this house Elon okay and put a lot of treasure in this boat and if you're still alive have a skeleton be there but when you die have someone put your skeleton in this secret place okay in the in the pirate ship this boat and this is basically the movie Goonies so then your kids, all 10 of them, maybe it'll be 15 and a, or 20 by the time all of them get together and time is passed on. This is a time capsule idea. So you got all your kids, Elon, and they get an email in their neural link at the everybody uh, maybe in like 2065, okay, in the year 2065. Let's do 2055. And they're like, ding, ding, ding. And like, they get a message and it tells them to all go to this house. And then they all come to this house, Elon. And you pop up your little avatar. Unless you're still alive. God willing, maybe you're still alive. Maybe you are still alive, but you're you're busy. You're a busy guy. So your avatar pops up and it it says, welcome my children. I don't know how you sound at this time in your life. And you explain to them. You've left, not left. You don't tell them the truth that it, like uh, you put this there. You tell a story. You embellish it. You say, "There's, I have a mission to ask of you. Go, there's a map. And then all of a sudden, a map drops from like the ceiling, kind of like spinning down and there's a light kind of, and dust. <sighs> okay. And... The map unfolds 
and it, it's a fucking treasure map. And then you basically explain to him, Elon, your your avatar does saying, you must find this treasure, for it will be invaluable, to humanity. And then at the end, they find the treasure. Okay, it's a wonderful experience. I'm not gonna. I don't want to tell tell you what happens, and I don't know what will happen as they, because you create the story, right? You, I don't know where you would hide it. And then the the treasure really is that their experience and what they learn as a team. And although maybe you did put a couple rubies and gold and stuff, that money is really not going to change their life. It's their experience together that uh, is going to change the world. So if I was a billionaire, that is what I would do. Why else would you have a billion dollars and the ability to put implants into your kids' heads, Neuralink implants? What a fucking opportunity. And it's interesting when, like, yes, sometimes I wonder if people really are the richest people in the world. Because here's the truth. None of them do anything. The only thing, like think about this, if you had anybody with real imagination, if you had an exorbitant amount of money, you would probably create something, right? But all these people with lots of money, all they have are like houses. If I had a billion dollars, a theme park for the fucking homeless. Forget the FEMA camp. That's the government taking care of those fucks. Give me a billion dollars. I talked about this in my last episode. Give me a billion dollars. I want to do a theme park for them. And it kind of prepares them to get out of homelessness, but it's like a fun, engaging experience. Uh, but other, and uh, what I'm really trying to say is, isn't it weird? All of these rich people with all of the money they have, I guess Bezos went to the space. He went really high up, but like none of them do anything fucking cool with their money. I'd build a really cool tree house if I had a billion dollars. Think of all the cool ideas. I would do like, oh, bro, give me a billion dollars. You know what I would do? I'd build a fucking canal, okay, from the Great Salt Lake to the ocean. And so orca wells and sharks and shit could come and visit back up to where they used to be. You know you know what I mean? Like my Matt, if I was the richest person in the world and could drill holes under the ground, I would say, check this out, Utah. I'm uh, Chalon Musk. That's. Provocate Musk or something. I'm going to drill a hole from the Great Salt Lake all the way to the Gulf of Mexico. And I'm going to create a tunnel so fucking fish and shit can just swim in back and forth. But I'll put a net to make sure no sharks and really dangerous shit get into the Great Salt Lake. But I'll keep it safe. Maybe dolphins. A net that allows dolphins through. You know, some shit like that. Like, why don't really rich, rich people, so the people, my point is, do they really have money? Because they don't seem to be doing anything with it. And like, all they do is give it to charities. And I don't see really charities doing anything. Uh, like, I know, like, what are they doing? I was anybody doing with their ex- exuberant amounts of money? I'm thinking Bezos went to the moon. They buy sports teams. Oh, 
fuck. That's what they do. Isn't that weird? That's what we do? I guess with lots of money? What the fuck else do rich people do? I'm trying to think my hardest right now. They uh, they buy sports teams. They buy racing teams. Jesus Christ, dude. Why don't they have any imagination? I think it's a weird thing. I think because when people spend all their time accruing money, their creative ability to then do something with it, it's a different skill. Right? Like, it is a completely different skill. So they end up just hoarding it because they're like, fuck, I have no creative ability. Uh, I guess I'll just hold on to all this money. And because I don't have any creative ability, uh, if I do do anything with this money, I'll give it to somebody so I get the word philanthropy thrown around uh, when I walk in the room. But it is shocking. If I had a billion dollars, I would create the most bomb-ass fucking park for kids you know what i mean like just dope uh what would i do for adults if i had a billion dollars if i had a billion dollars if and i just wanted to help out the community of utah if i had a fucking billion dollars and i wanted to help utah what would i do oh you know what i would do Jesus Christ. You know what? That's a really hard question. <laughs> I'm, I'm stumbling here. What would I do to if I had a billion dollars? And I'm like, fuck it, man. Let me make Utah better. Where? What would I do? Oh, here's what I would do. You want to know? I would clean up Utah Lake. Utah Lake is a shithole. It's a fucking... It's a piece of shit. So if I had a billion dollars, I would I would clean up Utah Lake. It's a freshwater lake. And then I would make it dope as fuck though. Right? It's pretty shallow. I would make it deeper. I dig. And then I'd throw up some islands. I'd expand the fucking thing. So if I had a billion dollars, so I'd clean all the water out. I you know what? I'd take all that fucking shitty water. Okay? And move it somewhere else. Because some people need it. And then I'd put new water in. And then I'd build islands. So that's what I would do for the people of Utah. If I had a billion dollars. It's easy to spend money if you don't have it, dude. But these billionaires, I'm just wondering, like, why don't they do anything cool? What What else would I do that would be super cool? Oh, I would create cool little bridges. Throughout, you know, like, oh, man, I don't, dude, traffic should never stop. Let's just have pedestrian bridges throughout society. That's what I want, big time. Uh, fuck, what else do I want? I want a bunch of things. Oh, dude, here's what I want. I want fresh water back. And I talked about this previously, and I'm talking about it again, because I just walked past a drinking fountain once again. In Provo, and it obviously doesn't work. So I'm just curious why I think, and this is the whole thing COVID did too. COVID kind of shut down a lot of public drinking things because, like, oh, disease. It's like, motherfucker, 
the we we had the, these drinking fountains during AIDS and all this other stuff. I guess like and polio, like what whatever people were scared of. We all agreed that you were allowed to drink water when you're just out in the street. You know what I mean? And I kind of miss that, dude. I miss free public water. And I wonder why. Like, what 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 happened? Were these businesses? Did they did they say no more free water? Was it a homeless? Like, I don't like that. So if I was a billionaire, one of the things I would do is, hey, bring the free water back. Fucking keep those water, keep those things pumping. I would actually create stalls too because we have snow in the winter. And I so you could walk in. It's a clear stall, you know, so people don't like, hey, hey, what are you doing? Drinking water, obviously, but you got to keep, I'd find out how to keep the pipes always circulating so they didn't freeze in the winter. Because if you have a billion dollars, you can do stuff like that. I would imagine. I would imagine. And like it's it's shocking. You have all these people with money, but all these problems never get solved. And like, what the fuck? Does anybody want to help these idiots out? <laughs> like, no, no, no. We're going to solve the problems in Ukraine by sending drones over so we can just kill more people. And we have this company called Raytheon and Halliburton. We don't know what the fuck they would do if they didn't have anybody to kill. Like, Jesus Christ. What fucking world do we live in, man? It's fucking nuts, but you know what? Hey, man. It's weird how people rationalize death as being okay if it's a Russian. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Apparently, like, they did that to Americans, and they really made them believe, like, oh, it's all right if Americans kill these people in Iraq and Afghanistan. And Americans just rationalized that for 20 years in Yemen and Somalia all these other places. It's like, what the fuck? And now they're rationalizing and conditioning us to just accept. Why, dude, the Russian propaganda has been so long-term. Just beating us down with, like, even in Stranger Things, like, oh, it goes back to Rocky, like, the bad Russians. And now it's crazy because it wouldn't be hard to have convinced my boomer parents the Russians are bad. But you have all these other people, millennials and Gen Z, whoever these fucking idiots are, right? Americans, generally, who support... Ukraine and it incapacity, just like, oh, you support killing people. You support killing Russians. The propaganda has paid off. The fact that any American supports any money and hey, don't be th- don't think I'm not going to be silent on the Israel Palestine issue. Like we supply weapons to kill those fucking, you know, what I mean, like we're just killing people. And Americans are whatever about it, dude. And I'm anti-war. I'm anti. I think if you have stocks in Raytheon, honestly think those companies, it's like, how do you eliminate a company's ability to create weapons that kill? Here's the whole problem. Weapons that kill, I think are fine as long as there's the human conscious behind it. But the problem is we're going to delegate the problem of killing to something that doesn't have a conscious. I really believe that. And then killing will get out of hand. You know what I mean? Like it's you honestly taking a life should be a conscious thing if we're going to allow anybody to do it. And I think we're progressing towards a point in society where we're going to have robots do this and then people will be dying and there'll be no attachment to it or rational. Like it'll be a fucked up world. And I don't know, man, it's weird. We're like, how do you tell a company not to create a weapon of war? 
It's like, well, I don't know, man. <laughs> I just appreciate it if they didn't. You know what I mean? Hey, let them make it, but our tax dollars shouldn't go to a country. The, I think Ukraine should get money from elsewhere and buy. If they want. Yo, if we make gangster ass weapons and other fucking countries want to buy them, cough up the money. I don't know why Americans are paying to buy our own shit and ship it over for other people to kill people. It's like, fuck that, dude. Fuck that. Make those fuckers buy it. Jesus Christ. What? Why are we buying the weapons ourselves if they're ours? It's like, that's the whole thing I don't get. It seems like a fucking scheme. You know what I mean? I think generally most Americans aren't for this, but man, it's a weird world, a a real weird world uh, we live in right now, man, where killing is just something that's detached from society. And the funny thing is, if you search like war on search terms, Google, like trending, everything war related is uh, like to a video game. So there's this all, like even a detached, attachment and search results and what they promote people looking at it's war is not real right if they showed you combat footage if it was really accessible right now and it's not by the way if if you could see the people dying in ukraine everybody like whoa 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 i don't know about this but there's a reason why you go on Ukraine, there's, well, there's a, did this freeze? Looks like it froze. Oh, there we go. There's a reason why if you go on any news aggregate right now, you don't see anything at all that's death. You don't see dead bodies. You don't see, you hear stories, right? But you're not seeing any like, it's weird when we live in a world where everything can be recorded. With a GoPro, with a phone, how and there are some videos out there, right? I would imagine, but the reality is none of them are being promoted on a news journalist website or New York Times or whatever, whatever Reddit or News Google, Yahoo, you name it. I don't know, man. Whatever people look at, and that's very intentional because if you saw people being dismembered, <laughs> you'd be like. Oh, oh, no, thank you. <laughs> Stop immediately. Take all those weapons that we gave them and we'll take those back. Those are ours, right? We don't, I really, why are we sharing, okay? <sighs> if they want them, buy them. You know what I mean? With cash or gold or diamonds. I don't know what money they got in Ukraine. Buy our shit. Because I don't, you know what I mean? That's blood money. I don't know why our country is doing this. That's the whole hour. Everybody, thank you for watching the Provo Kid. Uh, that's my breakdown of the nonsensical war. We have, um, we started with Hollow Hill. And I was waiting for to see if they had their, uh, might drop at 12. Their new release, but um, man, what song do I want to close out to? Uh, what have I been liking lately, dude? 
local music. Hey, this is a new, a new local band that I've I reached out to. I forgot about them. Uh, they're called Frantic Memories. Oh, it's too bad, dude. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, my internet just stopped that song. So, uh, play it? Not playing. Let me try a different song. Sorry about that. Fran that was Frantic Memories. Uh, and I don't know if I'm playing anything else. Oh, now it's working. Jeez. Sorry about that, everybody. Uh, uh, oh, no. What do we do? The podcast sucks now. The closing is just terrible. Uh, I hate starting a song over, and I, I just lost that point. So we're going to pick a new song. Sorry about it. We'll just keep this one. This is Hollow Hill. We started it with it. We'll end it. Seven.
Gonna bring us down 